episode 13, One Small Change That Can Increase Your Confidence as a Mom. This is the Expat Mom Podcast, a podcast for expat moms around the world who want to feel better and improve their emotional health as they navigate the unique challenges of living and mothering abroad. I'm your host, Jenny Linton. I'm a certified life coach, a mom to four daughters, and married to a U.S. diplomat. I've lived in six countries on four continents. I know what it's like to feel stuck emotionally, and I know how to get unstuck. I'm excited to share with you some tools to help you feel less discouraged, improve your relationships, and increase your confidence. Welcome back, expat moms. Today, we're going to be talking about confidence as a mom. I do a lot of coaching on mothering and the root of a lot of mothering issues comes down to one thing. My client wants to be a good mom. We all do, but there is an important caveat. Most of us don't have a very clear definition of what it means to be a good mom. This is huge as we are trying to feel more confidence as a mom. Since it's almost Halloween, let me start by sharing a Halloween story about the importance of defining success. So shortly after we moved to our neighborhood in Taipei, Taiwan, a few years ago, there were rumblings and mumblings about Halloween. And as some of you have likely experienced, Halloween is a big deal in expat communities overseas. We lived in an old U.S. military neighborhood on a mountain overlooking the city of Taipei. And over the years, our neighborhood had drawn crowds from all over the city. Many were local Taiwanese who wanted an American cultural experience. My neighbors told me, Halloween is a big deal here. No matter how much candy you have, you are going to run out. Everyone in the neighborhood decorates. You should have seen what the people who lived in your house before you did. Everybody really goes over the top. You really have to decorate and go big here for Halloween. Ironically, I had just purged a bunch of our Halloween decorations with our move. But I wanted to contribute and be part of the community, so we decided to go all in on Halloween. Our family decided to do a Wizard of Oz theme. We all dressed up as the different characters, and we built a set with an Emerald City and with Dorothy's house covering the legs of the Wicked Witch. My husband even figured out how to do a broadcast of the Wizard of Oz movies on the outside wall of our house. It was pretty awesome. I thought that I had really rocked the go big. The day of Halloween arrived and I thought it was a little strange that none of my neighbors had really put many decorations up. I figured they must be last minute people like I usually was. Around five, I started setting things up, but strangely, there were still no neighbors really setting much up. Eventually, I saw a neighbor set out a table with a tablecloth and a pumpkin, and I saw another neighbor hang some orange pennant banners that said, Happy Halloween. I saw another neighbor with a few skeletons sitting around, and another had hung some lights, but nothing too big yet. By the time the masses started coming around, we were the only spectacle around. The kids loved it, and we had a ball, but I had to laugh to myself. Apparently, my idea of a big deal was slightly different than theirs. Definitions are so crucial. I could have saved myself a lot of headache and money if I would have simply asked a few more questions to define what they meant by a quote-unquote big deal. Apparently to them it meant dressing up as an adult and sitting outside with several bags of candy and a cute Halloween tablecloth. Like my over-the-top effort to go big without really knowing what it meant, 
Many of us spend a lot of time and effort trying to be a good mom without really stopping to be deliberate about our definition of what that really means. Most of us have sort of an amorphous idea about mothering success pieced together from what we saw our mothers do, what we think others are doing, or things we've read in parenting books, as well as the cultural expectations of people around us. And as expat moms, what we see mothers around us do may be different than what we saw modeled in our home country. I'm not sure that I ever really articulated my own definition of a good mom until the last few years, but if I had to describe my old definition of mothering, it was probably a conglomerate of the compassion of Mother Teresa, the wisdom of Aristotle, the bravery of Joan of Arc, the influence of Oprah, the patience of the Buddha, and a home like Martha Stewart, and for sure hair like Jennifer Aniston. So, as you can imagine, I often felt like I was failing. This was completely impossible to live up to. Even if I was patient and present with my kids, my house was a mess. Or maybe I had a wonderful chat with a friend, but I put my kids off. Or maybe I did an amazing job of cleaning the house, but then my kids were fighting. I didn't realize it then, but I had unknowingly constructed a totally unrealistic definition of a good mom. So no matter what I did, I always felt like I was falling short on something. Undefined and unrealistic expectations for ourselves and our mothering usually leads to disappointment. Stephen Covey says, disappointment is the gap between expectation and reality. In other words, when we set expectations that are totally unrealistic or they're not very clear, we're setting ourselves up for a much bigger gap. Now, there are times when disappointment can be helpful. Sometimes it can help us realize that we aren't being who we want to be. And this kind of disappointment can help us feel motivation to change. However, I find that with myself and with my clients, the type of disappointment that is created by totally unrealistic expectations is not helpful. In fact, rather than motivate us, this kind of disappointment discourages us. We are often less able to be the good moms we want to be from a place of discouragement. I've found that the simple act of defining what it means to be a good mom in a way that is clear and realistic can help decrease discouragement and increase confidence. I'm going to share three tips for creating a more helpful definition of a good mom. I shared with you already my old definition of a good mom. And at the end of these three tips, I will share with you my new definition of being a good mom. I'll also share how this new definition has shifted my own mothering. Tip number one, be more realistic by eliminating always and never from the definition. So sometimes we have expectations, many of them subconscious of ourselves that are so big, no superhuman could ever accomplish them, but we don't always recognize that they're unrealistic because they just feel like facts. So one way that I've found to recognize unrealistic expectations of ourselves is to look for words in our definition like always and never. We might think a good mom never yells. She always takes time to listen. She is never stressed out during a move because she always organizes. She always makes a healthy dinner. She always plans incredible trips. While these are all excellent ideas to strive for, and many of us might do these things often, when we think that we always have to do them or we never can do them in order to be successful, 
We turn helpful goals into unrealistic millstones that hang around our neck and weigh us down. If never yell is the standard for a good mom, we don't qualify as a good mom to ourselves if we lose it with our kids one day out of the week, even if the other six days we were calm. Despite our efforts, when we use the words always and never, it's really difficult to feel successful. One of my clients told me she believed she was a bad mom because she hadn't done the laundry that week. She had only done homework a couple of times with her kids, and she hadn't spent very much quality time with her kids. When I asked her what she had done instead, first she couldn't think of what that was. But eventually she remembered that she had put on a blue and gold ball for her son's scout troop. She had taken her kids to do a service project. She had driven a daughter to a doctor's appointment, and she had been working on guided reading with her daughter. I pointed out that several of those things did sound like doing homework and spending quality time with her kids, but she dismissed it telling me about how her son had done poorly on a spelling test because she hadn't studied the spelling words with him, and how she felt guilty that she should have made dinner more times during the week. I pointed out to her that it was possible her definition of being a good mom had a lot of always in it. We laughed about what it would take to always do homework with every child and always do the laundry and always spend quality time with children all while putting on a blue and gold ball, taking kids to the doctor and helping a child learn to read. I pointed out that as noble as her expectation was to do everything all the time, it was actually causing her to be really discouraged and not motivated. And that's probably why she told me she ended up scrolling on Instagram a lot of the day. We discussed rewriting her definition of a good mom as something more like, sometimes I will do homework with my kids. Sometimes I make dinner. Sometimes I put on a blue and gold ball. Sometimes I take care of myself. And you know what? Sometimes is enough. As we remove the expectation of always and never, we make space for success when we are less than perfect. This allows us to see what success we are having. Success breeds success. Tip number two, make sure that your success doesn't depend on others' behavior. In addition to unrealistic ideals, sometimes we set ourselves up for disappointment by including things in our definitions of a good mom that we can't control. For example, we might include the choices that our children make, or we might include the way our children treat us as part of our measurement tool for whether or not we're a good mom. For example, we might think if our children get certain grades, we will be a good mom. Or maybe we think if our children choose good friends, that will be a good measure of who we have raised them to be. However, what our children do cannot be an accurate measure of success because it is something that we cannot control. It is totally possible that we could do everything we could to help them succeed academically, and they still might not succeed. It wouldn't be helpful or fair to assume that we have failed, or we might not do anything to foster a children's sense of compassion, and they might excel at it. It wouldn't be fair to assume credit for this. And even more importantly, when we pin our success on something we can't control, then we feel like we have to control our children in order to make them do what we believe will make us successful. Controlling parents rarely get the desired outcome of a healthy relationship with their children. One of my clients shared that she felt like a failure as a mom because her children stood up and left after dinner instead of doing the dishes. She couldn't believe that she had raised children who would act like this. 
And of course, wanting to raise responsible children is an excellent goal. However, we discussed that when she judged her success as a mom by how her kids acted, she was basing her success on something outside of her control. We talked about that the reason the kids didn't do the dishes might not have had anything to do with her mothering. It might be because the kids were tired. Maybe they were sick. Maybe they were stressed out about homework. It could also be because they were healthy teens just testing their limits. We talked about how she could be the textbook mother and they still might not do the dishes. Or she could be a totally disengaged mother and the kids might totally be responsible. Her actions didn't necessarily translate into the kids' action, which meant that what the kids did did not determine or not determine her success. I pointed out that this did not mean that she shouldn't do things to encourage her kids to be responsible. Of course she would want to do that. And she might want to adjust her behavior based on her kids' needs. It simply meant that she could measure success by what she did, not by what they did. She decided that her success as a mom would depend on her behavior, not theirs. She could be successful if most of the time she created clear expectations for her kids about their dish jobs. And she could be successful if she tried to make it fun and enjoyable to do the dishes together. This way, she was creating an environment that was likely to foster more responsibility, but she could be successful as a mom regardless of whether or not her kids did what she asked. Our definitions of success must include only things that we can control. This is essential for being able to accurately measure success. Number three, be flexible in your definition. Even if we develop what we think is a realistic definition that doesn't depend on others for our success, it is also important to be willing to be flexible in our definition of what success is. One of my fellow coaches shared this experience. Her son came home to her and told her that he had been looking at pornography. She was devastated. She thought it meant that she wasn't a good mom. She felt guilty for not being better about putting filters on or not teaching him better or not monitoring him more. She made it mean that she was a bad mom. This thought felt protective to her since she thought thinking that she was a bad mom would help her be more vigilant. But instead, she found herself racked in guilt and disappointment. And frankly, she wanted to avoid her son. Her coach asked her several questions to help her explore and expand her definition of success as a mom. Is it possible that you are wrong about this? Could the opposite be true? Is there any other way to see this? As she thought about it, she said, well, I guess it is true that most teenage boys don't come and tell their moms that they're looking at porn. I guess it's true that I've created a relationship where he feels comfortable enough to come and tell me about it. As she began to think about it more, she began to see that maybe it was possible that she had been a good mom to this boy. Previously, she had defined a good mom as someone who had a son who didn't look at pornography. But as she began to think about it, she realized that her definition of a good mom could be different. It could be that she was loving enough and comfortable enough that her son felt comfortable coming to her about something that he was struggling with. From that space of realizing that she was a good mom, she had a lot more energy and desire to help her son from a place of compassion and creativity instead of feeling guilty and wanting to avoid her son. The definition of being a good mom can look so different for so many women, and more importantly, for ourselves, even in different situations at different times with different children. 
I told you at the beginning of the podcast that I would share my new general definition of being a good mom. But before I do that, let me summarize the three tips that can help us create a more helpful definition of being a good mom. Number one, be realistic. Try to avoid using words like always and never. Number two, make sure that your success does not depend upon other people's behavior. Number three, be willing to be flexible about your definition. Over the years, I have boiled my definition of a good mom to a pretty simple formula. My new definition is love my children, try to teach them things that I feel are important, and try to model being a healthy and happy woman most of the time. I found that as I have shifted to this definition of mothering, it has really changed the way that I interact with my kids. So for example, when my kids fight, instead of feeling like, oh, I failed as a mom, I'm able to often think, how can I teach my kids how to get along better? When I feel conflict between working and helping my kids, I can think, sometimes I want to model how to pursue things that are important to me. And sometimes I want to model stopping and helping them to show them they are important to me. So sometimes I keep working and sometimes I stop and help my kids. And I don't feel guilty about doing either one because I recognize that they're both important in my definition of a good mom. When you define what being a good mom is for you in a way that's realistic and flexible, and it's not dependent on others, you're much more likely to feel successful and you're much more likely to be successful as a mom. At the end of each episode, I'm going to offer you an expat exit strategy meaning a way out of the problem that we've been discussing. So the problem that we've been discussing today is feeling like you're a bad mom. So your expat exit strategy is to define what it means to be a good mom. So think about one of the last times that you felt like a bad mom. Think about what you expected of yourself in the situation. And then as your exit strategy I want you to think about, were your expectations realistic? Did you define success by someone else's behavior? And even if you weren't successful in the way that you thought you should be, were you successful in other ways? And then after asking yourself these questions, I want you to redefine what it might look like to be a good mom in that particular situation. I'd love to hear your old and new definitions on my Instagram page at the expat mom coach on the post for this episode. I look forward to reading your responses and writing back. And if you'd like help better defining what it means to be a good mom for you in a particular situation, I'd love to help sign up for a free 30 minute coaching session with me and bring any problem or concern that you have. I'll talk to you next week. If you'd like help applying the tools you're learning on this podcast, sign up for a free private 30 minute mini coaching session on any topic you'd like help on. You can schedule it on my website, theexpatmom.com forward slash schedule. Also, if you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes to help other people find it. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.